0: This
1: is Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. Um, this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on eight twelve fifteen. Follow the show on Twitter and in... Oh, I've got too much spit. You know when you've got too much spit?
2: <laughs> Do
1: you little thing. Yeah, I'm like Jabba. Feel like Jabba. <laughs> oh, yeah. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram, at frankontheradio. Email the show via the Absolute Radio website. Welcome to Absolute Radio, the home <laughs> of the Olympics. Morning. <laughs> Morning, Tokyo. Yes, everyone. Come on, let's hear you singing around... Gr- I thought we might see people opening their windows and singing it out across the street. <laughs> it's not really happening. Mm. I don't think we are the uh, home of the Olympics in any... Are we celebrating the Olympics on Absolute I never Radio? Got that Producer just shrugged. I mean, that's why we have people on the inside here, for that kind of information. Anyway, it's very exciting, the uh, whole thing. But the we won't Olympics. be mentioning it again, probably. No. You think? No, I don't think so. No. I don't think um, people tune into it about the Olympics, do they? We've, uh,
0: well. we've already had uh, outside world information coming in. Four two nine has texted, and it starts in capitals for some reason. Frank in Lincoln. Uh, saw Frank on tour in Lincoln, and nice to see Gareth too. Did Frank get to look around Lincoln Cathedral? Best wishes to all Miles and Zoe. Did you? I did. I did
1: did do that. You
0: quite often get a backstage pass at the... uh, No, well, I um... I didn't get
1: that. I went there and did my uh, genial smiling thing to the man on the thing, and he said, oh, there's a... There's a verger here will be very excited to meet you. I thought that's got to be a free ticket. Mm. Just that what he's just said. No, uh-huh. no, I still paid. Um, you have
0: to pay for Lincoln Cathedral.
1: I had, oh, you have to pay for Lincoln. It's nine quid. Nine quid for an adult. Whoa, oh, I, tell, I must say though, to be it is a cracker. It's an absolute cracker. So much cheaper being an atheist. Looking at it well, just I'm, on this criteria, I think atheists go there as well. <laughs>
0: yeah, you I actually would like to go
1: there. Yeah, I, I, I go to the Science Museum. <laughs> <laughs> you know, That's we're, we're not. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we shouldn't be talking about it. Either of us. <laughs> no, I, agree I tell what's you what's great about Lincoln Cathedral. It's remarkably haphazard. Oh, is it? It's got things like, you see, that's a lovely uh, pillar there. And then if you look at the one on the opposite side, it's a completely different pillar. And then oh, the windows, brilliant. those four windows. Oh, one of them's a bit smaller than the other three. It's, 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 it's a bit like this show. It's beautiful. But if you look closely at it, it's very ramshackle. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would say. But it was, uh, no, I did, I did, um, I liked it a lot. I liked, perhaps we could use that on our publicity. Yeah. The Lincoln Cathedral of commercial radio. Do you think people would yeah. get the inference? I
2: went to Lincoln Cathedral commercial. and I liked it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Casey Perry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Isn't Lincoln the place that came up when we ran the uh, popular text in Have
1: You Ever Been Surprised by the Red Arrows? Was it really? Well, on that subject, it's one of my favourite textings ever was that. But um, I noticed that Liam Gallagher tweeted recently, you know, I was in my garden, and he's he's in his garden and the red arrows. And then there was some swearing in it, obviously he's was doing
2: the football, I believe. But
1: then he said, what's going on? <laughs> well, I mean, it's the Red Arrow. That's all you need to know. Yeah. So that was great. And then in um, when I was in... Because I've been gigging. Um, uh, I did four gigs on the track. I did two nights in Birmingham, which gave me a chance to dine out in Birmingham, right next to the Black Sabbath Bridge. Is
2: the Black Sabbath Bridge? There is
1: a proper... Black Sabbath Bridge with all the members named how and, lovely and it's got a proper street name Black Sabbath no Bridge no but
2: I would struggle to name more than one
1: well, I could do them, but, um, you know, it's a very, they're very Birmingham. Is generally. that near?
2: You've got the Walk of Fame, obviously. It's very London.
1: near the Walk of Fame. They have b- basically a join. Will I ever get a bridge, Jeremy? remember? Frank Skinner <laughs> Bridge. I'd love that. I'd be happy with some sort of style or kissing gate. <laughs> but, um, kissing gate sounds like a big scandal, doesn't it? Yeah. That someone was involved in yeah. um, Matt Hancock kissing gate. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, not that. But it was brilliant. I also had a, a, a marvellous experience in Timpsons on uh, New Street, Birmingham. But I just tell it as a teaser so people don't go away. They'll say, well, I was going to go to work, but <laughs> just want to hear this. S- Steve, I just listen to this Timpsons thing. See what...
2: Power what surge that, from all the kettles going
1: exactly, on. <laughs> exactly. See what that's about. Timpsons. will come back in. Yeah, come back in, mate. We'll listen to this together. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We went to Lincoln Cathedral on the day the Magna Carta was not on show. Oh. What I love about 904, yeah, is that they've done an old school emoji of a sad face, you know, just with the colon yeah. and the open brackets. And then they've just said 1281. <laughs> <laughs> Sad face 1281.
1: I um, I wish there was, a, I, they don't suppose there's an emoji of an empty glass display case, <laughs> that would have been so perfect, wouldn't it, but they should do that. I thought that. you were hoping for a Magna Carta emoji for a second there, I was thinking,
0: a bit optimistic.
1: Right? No, but, but if you had an empty um, display case. Emoji. You could use that for any disappointing thing that didn't quite deliver any experience. The yeah. so emoji, uh, emoji, ink are listening. Emojis all made by one company. Oh, what
2: good person, question. I there I are things like often... one
1: person.
2: I was I was hunting yeah, yeah. for a shed the other day. Guy,
0: Steve, I think. Steve Emoji.
2: <laughs> Imagine if that yeah. was his name. Yeah. I was hunting for a shed the other day. Oh yeah. Emoji, and I and I hunted high and low, and I could not find one. A shared emoji? Yeah. Mm. And in the oh, end, a well, in the end, I just went for the dilapidated house, which doesn't quite mm. give the same... It doesn't quite have the same meaning.
1: I've got to be completely honest with you. On my phone, <laughs> I um, I used to send... I went through a period of sending emojis. I thought, I'm going to join the, the modern world. And I something has happened. I can't find them anymore. Awesome. I can find <laughs> gifts, so I send gifts. Now I just can't find the emojis. <laughs> anyway, that's, um, that's uh, not my best oh, story, yeah, mean, maybe, but true. <laughs> truth is, you're going to tell us
0: a Timpsons anecdote. Oh yeah, my Timpsons. Uh, um, yeah. So I, was, I uh, like I like the sound of it because Timpsons. I think um, I mean I don't often promote companies, but I think they're a great company
1: actually. Well, I, so well, stick around. <laughs> I went, uh, so I was, I was wandered down... you got our um,
2: Timpsons deal again, Hal.
1: We went by Black Sabbath <laughs> Bridge and then we walked down into the centre of Birmingham. Lovely. I'll be honest with you, I was heading on course for Forbidden Planet, but in no. my pocket I had a Pokemon alarm clock. And the reason well, I I had mean, that... so
2: far, this story's going to have to work very hard to get me in.
1: <laughs> well, I've had... A, there's a problem. There's been problems with my Pokemon alarm clock. I'll tell you what I did. I did that thing when you leave a battery in it too long and the battery starts to exude...
2: Matter. Matter. Yeah,
1: it's, it's like exude, source. acidic, green, bubbling mess, that thing. Acid. Yeah. Or as they, as we used to say... <laughs> and uh, I thought sometimes you just can 't that sometimes it gets into the work anyway, I, t- I took it into Tim to Scott in new street timson
2: sorry uh, there 's a lot <laughs> I need to unpack about this. firstly, you have a traditional alarm clock secondly it 's a Pokemon alarm <laughs> Pokemon clock alarm. I bought Thirdly, it in japan you would bother to take it in to get it repaired <laughs>
1: Well, since I bought it in Japan and I think it was about two thousand. Um, My son has got into Pokemon recently, so I thought, oh, I'll get the old uh, alarm clock uh, cleaned up. So I went in. Now, when you go into a Timpsons, there's a heel bar. they cut keys. There's batteries fitting. I mean, he's got everything. I said to Scott, who does the other departments? He said, no, I do them all. I said, "Wow, that's quite a—you're a Renaissance man." Scott. You didn't say that. Yeah. To I did. Scott. I did say I that can't to Scott.
2: Go into Timsons and say that. And
1: Scott said, "Well, I—I'm going to do the voice. I—I'm I, allowed, I think. I went—I went to the uh, Timpsons University, and they—they oh, uh, they teach oh. you all the skills." Mm-hmm. So he'd been—I uh, think it was a week course just to bring it down a little—but yeah. um, you, you get the lot there. But I loved. He looked at the Pokémon and he said, uh, "I can do this in a real sort <laughs> of come <laughs> on." And uh, and he did do it, and now it's ticking happily with a little That's Mew cool. as a minute hand—a little That's Mew. Nice. <laughs> so, so
2: the twenty-year-old. That's right. Twenty years old, mm. this alarm clock, mm. and you were surprised it it had ceased to function. <laughs> um, did he charge you, Scott?
1: Well, I you don't got know if you I can got answer. showbiz rates. I don't know if I can. And I paid I paid him in kind, but I don't know, I'd only oh, I don't get Scott into trouble, so I'm going to oh. say yes, I did pay. Him. <laughs> But also, he told me that when he'd first started going out with his girlfriend, in order to impress him, she told him that I was her uncle, because her, <laughs> name, her name was Skinner. He said, and then I found her about three years later. You're not even cool, Skinner. <laughs> and I said, he said, so I, he says I confronted her <laughs> with it. So I did a message for him saying, Oh no, it's Uncle Frank. Like, How are you doing and all and all that stuff. So yeah, it was, it was a lovely experience all round. And I'm um, mm-hmm. I, I sad that, that Scott's graduation picture wasn't on the wall of Timpson's, mm-hmm. but maybe that's something mm-hmm. he can sort. <laughs> Skinner on Absolute Radio. You know, it's the Olympics at the moment. You are aware of that. We mentioned it yeah, earlier. I said oh, I oh, would yeah. channel the I home s- of the Olympics. I, it is the home of the This show is the home of the Olympics, <laughs> okay. actually. Oh, you can't see, but if through our window is... Uh, it's Tokyo at the moment. <laughs> oh yeah, but you can't you can't see it on the imagine if
2: Absolute Radio paid
1: Slightly for us to get to cloudy do... over the mountain. To the... it is. Did I ever tell you about when I went to the the uh, <laughs> Fuji Mount Fuji Hotel? I must have done. Anyway, um, um, my uh, my son. We've been uh, away this week, and my son and um, he's cousin. Elliot, who's five, he's five, and my son's nine. They da- they did an Olympics opening ceremony for ah. us, especially just the two of them, with music oh. and everything. How was it? It started off with a, um, a speech about the Olympics. Let me guess. I don't was. think either of them really know what the Olympics <laughs> is, but they the did a speech, speech about it. It was just like you know, it's the Olympics, and there's going to be, a- and we had, we had to do some events and stuff. But um,
2: and I should say at the beginning of any performance because I've been to a lot of Buzz's performances. He, um, he turns things on their head a bit, because he says, please, audience members, take your phones out now all, to take pictures. It has all <laughs> that. So he started um, two really
1: quite good cho- choices for the Olympics, Higher Power by um, Coldplay and Jump yeah. by Van Halen, oh. both of which oh, are right, relevant, yes. and, they, and all the dancing and miming worked. And then they stopped the thing and had a, a minute silence for the NHS, which they stood very... Solemnly, And I were not quite sure what the exact... What the nature of it, it was. And then um, we all had to um, stand for the Israeli National Anthem, which I had literally no idea why that one had been chosen. It's a great tune, but... It just and that was it. Then that was uh, good luck. Enjoy the Olympics. And I thought, if only the real one had had this surreal edge to it. It's
2: very uh, NHS and Israel centric. Yeah,
1: but why? Yes. I don't know. But uh, that, that was uh, that was what happened.
2: Oh, oh, on
1: um, I, w- I went to the circus as well to uh, Zippo's. Oh, how Did was you?
2: 1974? <laughs> I'm a big, you know,
1: I'm a big circus enthusiast. And um, I got to meet this bloke. Um, who were, it's, it's a vegetarian circus, by the way, no animals. And, oh,
2: uh, what sort of a circus is
1: that? No, I Well, you can't have animals now because in case you're cruel, <laughs> people, you might accidentally be cruel. Yeah.
2: Oh, don't you get the elephants in the too?
1: Oh no, 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 stays. No, are gone, no. No. Oh no. Human cannonball. Um, Human cannibal you could do. Okay. You can be as cruel as you like to humans. But um, the animals, a bit more respect if you don't mind. So um, I, um, I, I got to meet like the boss of the circus. And he took me to his, um, to his caravan thing. And, and he had some circus memorabilia and all that. Yeah, again, another cliffhanger (laughs) that's going to keep... Steve, now we're already late. We've done the Timpsons. Yes, but backstage at the circus. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Phone Paula. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I had um, a sort of semi-disparaging text about my music choices, I think, earlier. (laughs) Yes, you did. Did you? Someone said that when I say this is my favourite track... Well, do you
2: want to hear exactly what they said? Yeah, go on. Well, you might have to... Here you go. It was from Boy Lyle. Hi, Boy. Credit to Frank on the radio. When Frank says it may be his favourite ever track, you know it will either be an absolute belter or utterly awful. (laughs) There is no halfway house...
0: OK,
1: so... Um, Interesting they've gone halfway house rather than middle ground. <laughs> yeah, as well. I think like that when why. they look at me, they think halfway house. I oh. think that's where I might dwell. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's 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 sort of... A, it's, there's a compliment in there if it just mm-hmm. needs a trimming. That's there's all. just an awful
2: <laughs> lot of foliage to get Full through. Full of some
1: foliage. Yeah. Um, anyway, Where
2: were we? Did you leave us on... Uh...
1: i just met Martin Burton, the, um, a man who was a clown for 30 years and he's now sort of runs um, the circus. I don't want Steve to take parents.
2: advantage of your contacts, but if he does have a number for the Northampton Clown...
1: I don't, I don't know if they... I'll tell you why I say that, because oh, yeah, Martin... a big clown WhatsApp group.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: tell... I wish there was! No, but there is. I have a version of that which is a bit more hard copy is that martin in his um in his trailer has got this display case of pottery eggs right (laughs) bear with me (laughs) emily don't look at me like that (laughs) and each one has got a clown's face painted on it and what you do is when you decide what your makeup is going to be when you become a clown you register it by painting it on one of these eggs and then you've you've got it it's it's officially yours
2: and the good thing about an egg is it's not like it could be destroyed easily (laughs) well it's it's
1: a it's a pottery egg it could be destroyed easily but i suppose that is the nature of comedy Oh. It's good that it's on yeah. something that looks lovely, but is quite so fragile. I
2: didn't realise this. So the clown makeup, there's a sort of intellectual property around yes. your, yeah. the clown yeah. face. Yes, yeah. so you own well, your I didn't individual. Know that. Yeah. Did you know that, Al? I did. Yeah. How come you two know all about clown makeup? Well, we
1: are clowns huh? in our yeah, own way. That's nice. I wondered if 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 there was like a, a, a comedians, non-clown comedians registry what joke we'd have on our um, egg to register <laughs> ourselves oh you know well it's going to be one that you feel represents your because i there's a you've thing you've
2: had it, some you both had some can i say that have ended up in various sort of you know top 10 joke roundups i can think of a couple and oh, of course
1: yeah. joe Pasquale's act
2: <gasps> <laughs> um
1: I, well, I I have I don't know if you do, Al, but I have one on the. There's a thing called the Comedy Carpet in Blackpool, oh, yeah. and it's a series. They they chose people's uh, jokes and put the name next to it. And it's a mis- it's a big carpet. So it's got all these jokes on and the names of the comic, and they're supposed. I to I think it choose- was a
0: lesser comic. Just my name is on. No joke. No oh, okay. Books. Well,
1: I wish they'd done yeah. that with make us the joke they chose, I wasn't <laughs> happy with. Well, what was it? I don't really want to repeat. Well, go
2: on, you've got to now. It's
1: one of, I've only ever done two jokes in my career about breaking wind, and I haven't felt easy about either of them. Can you believe they chose one of those? Oh. I know, I felt let down in a big one. Chosen by the sort of, I suppose, the Blackpool Illuminati. <laughs> you might. I uh, <laughs> uh, think those are the people in charge.
2: Oh, you've got yeah. that keeper joke. That did well for you. Well, perhaps well, when we come
1: right back, now. we can find out what, oh, what joke Al would want on his egg. <laughs> <laughs> all, right? <laughs> all right? That's that's a link, I didn't it? Or not. <laughs> yeah, or not. <laughs> or not. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Absolute
2: radio.
1: So we were talking um, about jokes. Uh, what would you have on your air, Gal? you prepared to say? You, you've, uh, you've, you've
0: sent me into a, a mental quandary with your question because it seems I'm looking back on my entire career of many, many jokes written and told, and they split into two categories which seem to be short and quite... Uh, cheesy jokes mm. like a bit obvious that I don't really want put on the egg for posterity but I like a cheesy or, egg or really long jokes that I like but they won't fit on an egg well, what
2: about that nice joke you did that, that had the, <laughs> yes, mother, the Edinburgh gonna... <laughs> Comedy Festival you've got, you've got in the top ten for that Al. that's
1: like Al is your son I mean, with family and you're saying Ah, why don't you tell them that nice joke you did <laughs> <laughs> nice joke Do that
0: nice joke yeah, it doesn't really express the modern version of me, to be
2: honest, Mum. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, OK. Well, I don't know. I think. Well, we don't want to talk about <laughs> that. Alan, tell them you're nice. <laughs> tell them <laughs> the nice jokes you used
0: to do. Um, well, 327 has said, at school in He's the 70s I remember having <laughs> to blow to eggs... Oh, this yeah. involved pricking each end with a thick needle then blowing the inside of the egg out, leaving a complete empty shell. Yeah. We had to paint a clown face on the egg. I never knew why, but thanks to you, I believe this could have been the original way of storing your clown face. Yeah. And this, they add, I still have the
1: egg. From what? the 70s. Where else wow, you're gonna are you going to store your clown face? <laughs> <laughs> For goodness sake.
2: Well, 275 has pointed out Frank. It says Frank is comedian through and through. Okay. Frank is comedian. I ta- ta- like it. This is from Tarzan. This email. It's from. Frank yeah. is comedian <laughs> through and through. Even his subconscious is what? making jokes. Listen to this. They used one of his two jokes about breaking wind and. He felt let down in a big
1: way. Oh, well, I, you, I mean, tremendous. Frank is comedian I through and through.
2: <laughs> it's like windfall
1: fruit with me. It just falls off. Me.
2: Oh, then again he's from there. Oh, it? I've done it <laughs> again. I mean, see, I can't help it. Frank is comedian through and through.
1: If I had to go for the joke, this is a joke um, which a, a couple of comics said to me after I did it, I really like. So often with comics, they don't like the funniest jokes. Uh-huh. They like the ones, that the non-threatening jokes that are sort of okay. <laughs> um, if you're a comedian known as a comedian's comedian, you're not that funny. That's my general... Oh, is that right? Yeah, it's fair enough. Um, so it was what I was talking about. You know when you see um, people uh, asking for money on the street, homeless people, and, mm-hmm. and, and you know, you, get, you give them a the walk away. Some people stop and talk They'll they'll squat down and talk for a couple of minutes Mm. to the homeless person, Mm. then give them the money or give them the money first and then go. And I said that I I thought that was like using the homeless person as a sad story jukebox. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I think I wouldn't mind that on my egg as a general. uh, I like that as a general. Okay, it's it's not the most op of my material, but you know. it's an egg there's something sad about an egg anyway I think do you think Well something sad about storing
2: your clown face on the egg oh, it? I like a clown me. I know you do this is Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner this is Absolute
1: Radio this is Frank Skinner on Absolute <laughs> Radio with uh, <laughs> Emily Dean and Alan Cochran you can text the show on 8 12 15, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio or email the show via the Absolute Radio website have we had um Alfresco Mond?
2: <laughs> we have. Yes. Al
0: Um well just a, a quick one that I'd I'd like to put to bed fairly rapidly. Uh, 975 texted us, uh, Morning guys, could you settle a debate at work? Did Frank eat raw sausages as a child? Thanks. (laughs) Yes. Um, I thought we could deal with that swiftly. (laughs) Yes, I
1: I ate them. If you've ever had um, uh, one of those frozen tip-top type things where you squeeze it out of the tube in order to eat it, that's how we ate sausages. So we ate similar
0: to a Calippo.
1: Yeah, exactly. It held the skin, and then you run your um, index finger and thumb up so the meat comes out the top. Because you don't want to be eating the skin raw.
2: When you say you, How I mean my
1: family. Disgusting. My family, all the kids would have a sausage. Well, the whole family would have a raw sausage each and then sit watching the, the telly. Can I say, I don't know if it's safe, so maybe don't try it at home. But never did us any harm. We also gave the dog a hell of a lot of chocolate. I think things have changed. (laughs) Don't give dogs chocolate. Don't give dogs chocolate. I wonder if that's a rumour that spread during the national obesity crisis by people (laughs) who just don't want to share. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Don't give dogs chocolate. No, I've, I've, the vet told me it was uh, it was quite bad.
2: Oh, oh, you needed the vet to tell you.
1: Well, if I'm in the vets, I ask her a general dog facts. <laughs> try and get some uh, value yeah. for the hundred eighty three quid.
2: is it is often cost. You've got barking rings.
1: Yeah, um, I'd say um, a, a strange uh, tale was in the news this week about um, about John Bishop. Did you did you read that oh, yeah. story? John Bishop was in some sort of a a, a road accident caused oh. not, he's he's fine, but it was caused by a, a big chicken.
0: That's oh. right. Yeah. And I think a I big think the car I, in front swerved to avoid some kind of big that's chicken. Right. Yeah. John swerved to avoid the car. There was a knock on effect. Yeah.
1: Um, I and I think that the, way, the, the what everyone picked up on was why did the chicken cross uh. the road, of course, because it was a comedian. Uh. But, but, this takes me to two places. First of all, I'd say John Bishop's the most famous living Liverpool comedian. Oh. Um, but um, I would say that um, Ken Dodd has is going to be probably the most famous Liverpool comedian. I mean, Tarby's up there, but it would be Ken Dodd, I think. Now, Ken Dodd used what to tell... What about O'Grady? I think he's, with all due respect mm. to you, he's gone, he's gone to Dog. <laughs> yeah.
2: You um, can never go to Dog, is what well, I say. it's
1: worked for you, but... Um, it has worked for you. For me, well. one step towards Dog is one step away from comedy for POG but um, wow. you've managed to take comedy with you.
2: Oh. Anyway. Rescued well.
1: So, Ken Dodge used to have a joke that he was driving down the road and a bloke went past in a car that was not, the engine wasn't on, it was drawn by an enormous chicken. I mean, like a six-foot chicken that pulled the car and it overtook him. And then when he got further down the road, the car was... um stock in the middle of the road and the, and the chicken had disappeared. So he pulled over and said to the bloke, he said, oh, your, your car stopped, what's happened? And he said, me big hen's gone. Now that uh. joke was, was, got big laughs at the time because if anyone's car really badly went... First of all, I think it's a bit of a coincidence that yes. there's a big, big chicken and a big hen
2: joke, big both end? by
1: Liverpool car. Yeah, it used to be a thing, my big end... Has gone, and that was like the end of a car. Usually, if, if it if the big end went, but I don't know. Yes, I,
2: I only know that because I was given that line of dialogue in a radio play. Were once. you really? Yes. What yes. my big end's gone? <laughs> yeah. I was meant to be the kid saying, "I think your big end's gone." Okay, I, I, I'm not sure. Um... No, Al
1: is our motoring correspondent. Al, do cars have big ends anymore? I've never heard a mechanic say it to me. Have you heard of the... I don't have, know if that
0: means that they've gone. I've uh, heard of the big end. Have yeah, you heard the phrase, the big end's gone? Yes. I,
2: yeah, I, uh, well, if you'd yeah. have listened to my radio play, you would have heard it.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry I I, <laughs> I didn't hear that. Um, <laughs> it would be great. Um, I, I, I did a gig uh, on, the, uh, on the first leg of the, the tour I'm on now where the bloke, when I went off stage, he put all the house lights on thinking that was the end of the show. And so I didn't get to encore. And um, oh, I, yeah. I, I think I said there may be ends gone.
2: Oh. <laughs> but
1: um, <laughs> if anyone can tell us what a big end is on a car, I'd be uh, well not delighted, but pleased. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio.
0: Two one nine has uh, has provided us with all cars with an engine has a big end. It's a bearing on the crank internally that it spins on. Oh. From uh, Hurst in Home First. All cars with uh, engines. Zero four eight. The big end of the crankshaft bearings and crankshaft, and every engine still has them. Um, I think. I think, we've, I think we've probably got enough for the uh, weekend. I think. have uh, no, no,
1: got three hundred of these. Oh no! Don't do any um, more.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you. For your, thanks everyone for your uh, information.
2: For your big end contributions.
1: That was tremendous.
2: I have something I need to discuss with Frank because I did think of you. I did think of you over the last few days because your WHO Alerts must have been blowing up. Well, they went they went through
1: the ceiling. It's quite a <laughs> light it was quite a light announcement. I went to bed and I looked at um I, I just went to my general Who Alerts thing. Uh-huh. And um of course you did. And it was yeah, there was like twenty things saying uh, Jodie Whittaker and Chris Chibnall leaving. So yeah, it was it's it's enormous news in the WHO community. Well The well, come the com,
2: hunity, Does that work? Comhunity. Absolutely not. Before prior to <laughs> that, Frank, <laughs> there was some other news which I I mean, I love. I always liked Peter Capaldi. Yes. But after this, I'm in love with the man. <laughs> Do you know why? Do you know what he said, Frank?
1: Yeah, go on, quote him.
2: Oh, I hi, will. <laughs> Gather round the fireside, everyone. You have to go
1: into the accent.
2: No, I okay. don't know if I... Am I allowed?
1: I don't know where Scottish sits with that. Best play safe.
2: He just said, I think Peter has been drinking from my cup. Okay. He said of who? It had a B movie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> A B-movie cobbled-together quality due mm. to budget constraints. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he said the, <laughs> pro- <laughs> the props fall to pieces. He also said... Um, he's working on another show at the moment, isn't he? A big-budget... suicide squad, thing. yeah. He said it's nice to be somewhere where they have enough money to make the monsters look scary. Mm. Now... I don't know what he means because if anything scares me, it's a man dressed as a rhino wandering round Gloucestershire saying, Prepare, isolator
1: <laughs> Well, I think we need to come back to this because um, it's, it's a big it's a it's a big point that he's made. And it um, has pros and cons as you can imagine. Um, We were talking about um, Peter Capaldi's statement about Doctor Who being like a (laughs) B-movie. Now I know for a fact, Peter, (laughs) Capaldi loves Doctor Who, so I'm sure it was said in, in some kind of context.
2: I'm sure it was, darling.
1: Also, I don't really like what I would call quality. No, I know. I don't. I, um... I watch a lot it's of... It's not troubled this show, has it? Well, but I think that's wow. the point, you know what I mean? There are some very sleek um, radio shows, but we don't want to listen to them. <laughs> it's a variation on the Chris Tarrant. I don't want to give you that. We don't want to give you that. You need a... Like, for example my partner Kathy's is always saying to me oh my god how can you stand to listen to music on your phone mm. most of the music I listen to not through headphones mm. is Apple music just coming out of my phone uh, and she says oh the horrible tinny sound mm. but I quite like it
2: well I think you like the sense of the, um, the angry man in the attic on the, on the guitar <laughs> I'm
1: happy to see the sticky tape do you know what I mean <laughs> what I mean Mm.
2: my mother once said her review of Doctor Who when we were watching it once I think uh, because uh, one of our uh, many friends was in it appearing in Mm. it it as a villain it was quiet at the RSC that week (laughs) and my mother said I think they like it to look cheap don't they darling
1: (laughs) would you agree with that? Uh, well I I still I watch more classic Who than I do new Who (laughs) and uh, (laughs) who knew? Yeah, it's the, it's the Lincoln Cathedral thing. I like a bit of, um, you know, a, a bit of disorder in my mm. things. And, mm. yeah, the monsters were a bit... But we knew what they were supposed to be. When I was on... Um, Did we? When I was on Doctor Who with Peter Capaldi, I remember that one of the um, technical team gave me this... It might have been a gone... I asked him what it was, and he wasn't sure because he was passing on the prop from somewhere else. So I decided to make it a scanner. So throughout the show, I scanned with this thing I'd been given. This like a plastic. It looked like a gun. I scanned things, and no one said, "Why are you scanning with that?" So it was. It was fine. It's. It's. I mean, it is. It's got a bit of a, a rough and ready thing to it. It is. Bit of scanning, the, bit of acting. Pretend the, you can see a mummy. Yeah. Job done.
2: The weaponry, I suppose, is the thing that sticks out to me as looking quite plastic.
1: Well, now I think it looks amazing nowadays. Do
2: you? I so do. you think those rhino things <laughs> with the holding the.
1: The Are you talking about the Jadoon?
2: <laughs> the rhino things. They look great. That hold up the plastic and say, catalogue human. You think that that is.
1: I think it's, like if anything, it's A gone, Mike Lee
2: play in terms classy.
1: of the realism. I'm sensing um, Emily doesn't agree. No, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sensing that as well. I don't think it matters mm-hmm. that. I remember if you watch the first ever Doctor, which is William Hartnell, which is in black and white, old Billy Hartnell. Mm. And uh, in, it was in the days where they basically did it, they recorded it live, if you know what I mean. They weren't, it wasn't a retakes era. Mm. Mm. And I I describe this as like watching a waiter with a very overly laden (laughs) tray of drinks walking through a crowded bar. Because whether Billy was going to get the line right. So he'd say, Yes, well, we. uh, And you could. I'm at home going, Come on, Bill. Come on, Bill. And you can see the cast going, Come on, Bill. Come on, mate, you can do it. And sometimes they help him out. But it never, ever detracts from the story for me. It's still still amazing.
2: I know what you mean. Look, I can understand. I think the sort of let's do the show in the barn mm-hmm. quality, um, I can see why there's an appeal to that. Mm. There's something quite sweet and homely about it. and. <laughs> I
1: don't think it's like that now. I think it's it's gone no, too it's glossy. No, Do you? Yeah. But can I tell you, when I was in it, imagine Peter Capaldi. I'm thinking, this bloke is the doctor now. This is the programme I've been watching since I was six. And this bloke is being the doctor about I'd say about eighteen inches away from me. Oh. I wasn't really bothered about my little plastic scanner. <laughs> <laughs> Who, <Wow>. cares? <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> Anyone anyway, that's bigger, Doctor Who News, isn't there what, this is week? What is Davros's
2: wife? Is that spin-off happening?
1: <laughs> oh please. Oh <Omar laughs> my Davros <laughs> Here comes Omar Davros. <laughs> ah, that is my shopping. <laughs> <laughs> We'll more of that. Don't go away. No, really, please. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio.
2: We're talking about Doctor Who. We briefly mentioned uh, Davros, one of my favourite mm. Who characters. Mm. Frank has said, you may remember, Al, um, he's... We were talking uh, uh, previously on the show about Davros's sort of interior life, his home life, and how we'd like to see Mrs. Mm-hmm. Davros. I was thinking she could have like a little pinny around the Dalek bottom. Uh,
1: yes. oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, old
2: Yeah. Do you be up for that, everyone? I yeah. think that. would oh, okay.
1: be Have ornaments on the uh, <laughs> on the console.
2: Yeah, and, and instead <laughs> of all those wires on the head, uh, a bow maybe. Well, she could have a <laughs>
1: version of the of the stuff on there, like curlers in. Which I think would be okay. (laughs)
2: Okay.
1: Anyway, so... uh, We were about to move on to the
0: um, more uh, headline-grabbing Doctor Who news, I think, um, which is that Jodie... Is it Whittaker? Jodie Whittaker is leaving.
1: Is that right? Always called Jodie, I notice, by fans, whereas all the other ones have been called by their surname... Unless, like, well, like some yeah, of them are called, normal. some yeah. they use the whole name, like Matt Smith, or to distinguish the two Bakers. Mm. But mm-hmm. but normally you would, you would call the doctor if the doctor's surname was Whittaker, you'd say yeah, the Whitaker era. But it's like mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. benefit. Maybe the equality thing hasn't completely kicked yeah. in. People think oh, it's a little bit disrespectful to use a lady's surname, <laughs> not a, not for a lady. <laughs> Yeah, so um, she's going, and so is the showrunner. So it's a massive, massive change.
2: I mean, she's saying she's going, then they say, oh, I'm leaving, but then there's a six part series, and then yeah, well, there's, there's another three part series. I mean, I don't series. think they
1: leave mm. till the end of 22. Oh, so, well, yeah. Uh, there's,
0: there's a lot more. Apparently, she, apparently she tendered her resignation ages ago, but they couldn't read her handwriting.
1: Because
0: <laughs> she's a doc- oh.
1: doctor. Oh. <laughs> there is no ages ago in Doctor Who, remember that. Oh, well, good point. Good point. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's... Uh, I have a
2: question. Go on. Now, I don't remember, when I was younger, and I should say my era was sort of... Uh, end, tail end of Baker. mm mm-hmm. Some Davison. I'm okay. assuming you're the same, Al. You were more Davison, were you? A bit of McCoy,
1: yes. perhaps. Well, you got, um, you got a few between... Uh, What happened after that? Well, you've got um, Colin Baker before. Oh, yeah. How
2: do you distinguish
1: you people Mm -hmm. between the Bakers? Well, people tend to say, if they say Baker, they mean Tom Baker. Oh, that's unfair on Baker too. Well, you know, Baker, Tom Baker was there first and longer. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anyway. I love them all, you know.
2: It seemed like when there was a new doctor, Mm. I mean... It seemed yes, you had the regeneration, dege, degeneration, regeneration, whatever you call it. <laughs> but it seemed that the actor just sort of, you know, said, "Oh, darling, I've got a, a Richard the at the RSC. I can't do this anymore." It was a bit that. Yeah. Now are the fanfare over it? That's a big old mm-hmm. farce. I mean, it's a big deal. We, uh, but this is my question. now. re the regeneration. Did it? Did they intend it to start that way? Why did they do that originally?
1: Well, no, they, they weren't going to regenerate, but then it lasted a bit longer than they thought it was going to. And also, they decided, they Billy Hartnell, that part of the reason he was forgetting lives was he was not well. He was 53, I think, when he got the part, but 53 oh. in the 60s was oh. 73 now, <laughs> at least. <laughs> um so they thought, how, how can we keep the show going and get rid of the main guy? And then someone came up with the regeneration. It's a, it's a fabulous um, idea, because it just meant the show could go but, forever.
2: But hang on, what happened after mm-hmm. the interregnum with between... Um, Is
1: that what clowns say about the space between <laughs> their make-up changes? When Christopher
2: Eccleston started... Christopher Eggleston. Did, they get, did he get the call, the old... Um, McCoy or Baker or whatever, did he get the call to say we need you for the regeneration?
1: Well, see, you don't really want me to go into this, dear. There, no. there was there was a made-for-TV movie with Paul McGann as Doctor Who, okay. and they did the regeneration, the McCoy to McGann, in that. I think we are going to leave because we're going to lose, <laughs> we're going to lose everyone. Um, but um, yes. I'll tell you. I know you want to know more. I'm I'm happy to tell you off
2: air. Please do. Okay. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute
1: Radio. Absolute Radio.
2: We had uh, some missives in regarding Doctor Who. Right. So I know you were concerned that we were sort of... Well, sometimes if, you know,
1: I I can get over who and people just can't stand it. I understand that.
2: Our readers are a tolerant bunch. They have to be. OK. Simon F. has been in touch. Do you remember when I said that
1: I was with Lee Dixon and, and uh, Tony Adams at, at dinner, and I, kept, I led him into it. I, Tony Adams was talking about football, no-one else there was interested in football. And Lee Dixon said, uh, Addo, put the ball away, mate. <laughs> well, this could be a <laughs> uh, Frank, put the sonic screwdriver away, mate. <laughs> yes.
2: Well, Simon F. Yeah. has this to say, the Davros chat reminded me of my favourite Tom Baker story from his book. Tom Baker, who was the, what number, Frank? He was number four. Oh, do you know, I find that <laughs> quite attractive.
1: What, being frankly. number four?
2: No, the fact that you just know all that, you know instantly, if I say the name.
1: It, can I say his autobiography is brilliant as well. Okay. And frightening, book. frighteningly honest. He says, he talks about, you know, people said, oh, when I left, I'd be typecast, I'm two as Doctor Who, I'd never work again, and I laughed left at them. I laughed at them, sorry. <laughs> and then I left and I never worked again. It's, it's all stuff like that, you know. And I, and I got to play Holmes and Moriarty in the same stage play, and I was awful at both of them. I and mean, he's really vicious on himself.
2: Anyway, Simon F. continues to get into character. <laughs> oh my God, I can't even read this. It makes me laugh so much. <laughs> the actor playing Davros.
1: Bear Ke- in mind, D- Davros <laughs> wears a big facial makeup, extreme thing. Not. He
2: sort of. What he is, readers, if you're not familiar um, with him, he has. A bald head and sort of wires going over his head. There's a slightly challenged molar situation. Mm. And a black leather. Mm. Well, in the old days he had that, Frank. He had a black leather sort of polo neck. I don't know if it was leather or if it was a sort of... Leather, leather, probably, no, Doctor Who. Anyway, Anyway, he looks like if
1: Mm. Doc Cotton had smoked twice as many... (laughs) He, that's what she'd have looked To at. get
2: into character, the actor playing Davros kept a crumpled brown paper bag on his head during rehearsals, even during <laughs> breaks when you'd see cigarette smoke emerging from underneath it.
1: That, yeah. that sounds it? like a fire hazard. Yeah. It says something about the 70s that people with a paper bag on their head would still smoke. Of course. People smoked in every... What
2: I liked as well about Davros, um, and you can download my podcast, Things I Love About Davros. Oh, yeah, I'd like to hear that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. But what I liked was that he was so clearly radar trained and even though he was playing an alien, he wanted everyone to know that, because he would say, Rula! They always rolled their R's, uh, The aliens in
1: Doctor Who. Well, I um, I worked with Basil Brush, and we um, <laughs> he was then, all, haven't you? he was um, operated by a man called Ivan. who was an older gentleman, and we had to do a rehearsal when uh, they couldn't. They hadn't finished fitting um, Basil onto the onto his desk hole. Oh. So um, we had to do the whole show uh, talking to an old man's hand <laughs> thrust through a desktop. <laughs> and that was fairly terrifying experience, I must say. Frank Skinner, Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochrane. You can text the show on 812.15. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio or email the show via the Absolute Radio website. Mm. Mm. Okay. Mm. <laughs> the um, one thing that I hope continues, I think, is that we've uh, the new era of th- this era that's about to end in 22. Mm. has brought in a lot of youth, but a lot of young fans. Because there's a lot of Doctor Who fans that are my sort of age, and w- when we get together, we want to talk about what quarry they used in Attack of the Cyberman. You know, back in the eighties,
2: talking about regeneration. That's what whereas there's a
1: whole new sort of social media Doctor Who group now that's oh. grown up around this uh, around the, the new the the, the Whittaker Doctor. Oh. <clears throat> I tell you what, they do a lot of shipping. Yeah, do they? Yeah, oh, they have. God, shipping. they do a lot of
2: shipping. Do you know about shipping now?
1: International freight. Now no. they don't do any of that. No, <laughs> no, um, and they don't go around Dogger Bank. Right. Um, They do a lot of standing as well? I don't know what that is. Okay. But they do a lot of... It's it's stuff like Yaz and 13, will they, won't they, that kind of... They're they're, they're romantically Mm. um, put together characters who aren't romantically together, that's that's the... I think it's from... Is there a key that I can use to understand this link? (laughs) Well, so I think it's short for relationshiping... Yeah. So you take oh. two characters that you like, and then you do like fan art and fan fiction about them being a, an item. Mm. I see. But we never really did that in the uh, the Hartnell <laughs> days. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't happen. Um, fan now,
2: fiction about
1: Hartnell. About Barbara and Ian. Just <laughs> just colleagues or more um no that didn't happen so uh,
2: even trouton i don't think would have had any shipping fantasies uh, he didn't need any
1: as it turned out <laughs> oh, it oh, yes, I, anyway, yes, anyway 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 mm. um
0: so it's it's a very <laughs> it's a weird it's a weird abbreviation to go from relationship to shipping it sort of feels like it should be relations
1: yeah, don't but you know what do I know. I no, know. they
2: like shit because I don't they have shit. not question ship, the kids, shit goals, and all that sort of stuff as well. You
1: can't question the kids on it. No. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's exciting now to see what what's uh, new and what happens. Well,
0: I, just... I just
1: feel sorry for normal um, jobbing
0: actresses or actors who uh, I know, do they'll as well? Be absolutely <laughs> delighted to get any work between now and the middle of twenty twenty two and Jodie Whittaker is announcing that she's not going to work in, like, a year and a half, and it's it's oh, massive no. front-page news. Yeah. <laughs> she, oh, no. One day she might not be working. No, it's um, it's only really
1: regular work. Yeah. Not as regular as it used to be, actually. Well, she'll get
2: be, the regeneration. Like,
1: 42 episodes a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, lovely! Well, Any good rugs? luck
2: to everyone in the new... Uh... Well, not
1: good luck to everyone in the world. Bad no, luck to about some people. I to say, <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: to all the villains... Yeah. ...I've loved before, <laughs> to all <laughs> the villains and everyone in the new uh, Doctor Who series, you know, I might come on board. I know I've been saying that
1: for... Well, it's always nice to try a, a new beginning. I um, Can I thank you, by the way, for not mentioning the enormous spot on my chin... <laughs> any of my colleagues today I wonder. oh I've got quite a bit oh bee. I've seen it now yeah it looks I've I thought they it. might think it's a bit of sweet corn but no it's an actual spot
2: but you shouldn't have drawn attention to it
1: well I just wanted I, to me it's the uh, it's the elephant spot in the room you wanted to lance the boil yeah I did mm. exactly that okay. um, as I think um, <laughs> Cheryl Crow once <laughs> said to me <laughs> well did she want to boil the lance <laughs>
2: Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Frank, I have a question for you. (laughs) Says 666.
1: Oh, okay. That's a worry, isn't it? 666. 666. Well,
2: it is for your lot. Mm. Mm. What has Absolute got against Jethro Tull? If you listen to Heavy Horses, which is one of my favourite albums, Mm. and don't like it, then I give up. I have texted other programmes on your station and have been mocked for liking them. That's Jan Pompey from Portsmouth. Whether she's actually called Pompey or she might be named after her I don't, in town, I don't, but it
1: seems unlikely. Yeah, I um, I have played Jethro Tull on this show of my own choices. I thought that you'd picked a few Jethro Tulls over the years. Yeah, and on um, is it is it Planet Rock? Our rock. Um, Station which we listen to at home, they play um, life's a long song. Mm. I've, you know, I'll give you a, I'll give you a quick medley if you like. <laughs> I song, little, 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 don't wanna be a fat man skating away, skating away on the thin ice. On I hear you calling in my sweet dream. There's a bit of Jethro Toll just to keep you going. But oh, I did not know I thought this could go. No,
2: I love that. <laughs> well, wow. I mean, I heard that in my childhood that I felt like I was drowning. Then I,
1: I love Jethro Toll. Toll. Uh, maybe I'll start with some Toll next week. What there about you go. that?
0: Mm. Tall
1: the next time, Pompey.
2: (laughs) I remember a friend of ours' daughter started dating one of them, and he wasn't very pleased. This man, one of uh, Tall. Yes, he said, "My, I just remember." He said, "She's dating someone from Jethro Tall." It didn't go down well. I remember um,
1: my partner's mother, Sandy, was talking to a former member (laughs) of Jethro Tall at a festival. She was, I suppose, she was about seventy-five at the time, and he was chatting away. He suddenly turned his back on her, (laughs) urinated for about a minute and a half, (laughs) and then turned back and carried on the conversation as if nothing had occurred.
2: And you know, and that's actually the uh, Brian was it Brian from Placebo?
1: Oh yeah, Uh, was very polite to your mother-in-law. Well, they went they went to Nicaragua together (laughs) on holiday. Of course (laughs) I did. Funny old world, isn't it?
2: Also, Al, have you spotted uh, this final word on the big end from 2000?
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, I haven't, though. This is one of our
2: correspondents, 2000. I first heard the term big end from the secret diaries of Adrian Molebooks.
1: Oh, they were were big.
2: He would go on about his dad saying the big end had gone on the car. No idea to this day what part of the car that is, but it's big and at the end. That's Penny (laughs) in Southport.
1: Well, I can tell Penny that I I was uh, driving on the uh, M40 last night and I started getting uh, these messages that come up on your dashboard saying tyre pressure low, stop carefully. And it lets you know which tyre is the problem. And all four tyres were signified, which seemed a massive coincidence what are the (laughs) chances what are the chances what are the chances and and so this whole show now has been in Tension that I'm waiting for a man to come and look at my car
0: it should be observed that you were driving in one of those police chases and they'd fired a lot of um, nails out at did one I not point. mention
1: the police chase element no oh, I mean that's Just, I thought it was crucial to the story no thanks really. for that yeah I yeah I was in I was in a, was in a, a police chase and uh, I could hear the voiceover saying what's this character up to <laughs> Um, look at this clown! I wish Martin Burton had said that to me when he showed me the eggs. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I'd like to change the
0: subject somewhat to um, to that of a subject very close to my heart: uh, wasted money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I. I'd like to quote from a news story recently. It's literally just scaffolding covered in patchy sod and plastic sheeting. And that's a Is Twitter of Peter, C- Peter Capaldi <laughs> talking about yeah, yeah. Doctor <laughs> Who again. The latest episodes. <laughs> <laughs> No, not Peter Capaldi, a Twitter user who visited the um, Marble Arch Mound. Yes, which has been making the news for costing um, something in the region of £2 million. Wow. And then it's just scaffolding, covered in in sheeting and um, fake grass.
2: I mean, the MAM has been... It's been an absolute disaster. I must That's that mean, what they're I, calling
1: it? The MAM? No,
2: it's what I'm calling it. <laughs> I hadn't oh, heard okay. of it
1: at all Marble until Lodge. the stories came. I'd heard of Marble Arch, but not the mound. Um, yeah. Until this week, people said it was a disaster. I didn't even know it was imminent. Well, you
0: probably, like me, thought that one thing that London had enough of without creating them was hills. Mm. Like, I thought, well, London's got hills. I used to live on several, in fact, not just one. I've lived in various hilly bits of London. Uh. But, <laughs> but no, apparently, it's one of those things that urgently must be man-made with taxpayers' money! Don't get me started.
2: I mean, out has always been... It's always struck me as a, a strange concept because mm. it was originally the entrance to Buckingham Palace. Was, was it really? yes. I'm fascinated by Marble mm. Arch because I believe it was Queen Victor- Victoria had it moved. She didn't like it. Yeah, okay, so it was out like Pal- it. No likey.
1: No, li- no, no, Artie, no, no likey. <laughs>
2: I believe she said she wanted to because she made it. She expanded the palace because the family was getting bigger. Yeah. I mean, it's quite big already. Anyway. She
1: was certainly getting bigger, <laughs> but surely she could have gone through Marble Arch. Can't can... believe you're body shaming Queen Victoria. know, oh, oh, it seems that, that's bad.
2: And I mean, you know, what, how many what
1: an a widow as well,
2: Mister Holmes? <laughs> how many? How much wardrobe space do you need for those black dresses? But <laughs> uh, so she had it moved. She didn't like it. So <laughs> now it's in well, it's corner of. Uh, Corner of Hyde and Park.
1: Mm, yeah, I've um, I've been in Marble Arch.
2: That's quite no a rare way. honour, though. Yeah, the, only royalty is allowed. So, so
1: the top of Marble Arch is a is a room. Shut up. Yeah, with um, Frank got in on a uh, Sherbu's royalty clause. No, I, I didn't. It was um, they have a day in London that's called something like Open Day when things that are normally closed oh, are open. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. My mind, I think, was on the list. and um, (laughs) So we went in there and inside in the room there's an exhibition of pictures of Marble Arch. Uh So we went inside Marble Arch to see pictures of the outside of Marble Arch where we could have seen the outside of Marble Arch from the outside. (laughs) But it was good to be, every time I go past Marble Arch, I think, oh, I've been in there. Oh, I That's like nice. that. It right. is quite... I mean, but the mound was, was, was a new one on me, I must say.
2: So the mound, yeah, the mound is essentially... Uh, it's an artificial hill. I'll tell you
1: what it looks like. It looks like... And I went to New York a couple of years ago, and there's a thing called the High Line in New York, which is a sort of similar... The designer seems to have crossed a railway bridge and thought at the top, this is amazing. I'm going to expand on this idea and people will flock from all over to climb this railway bridge. And this seems for the same thing, a lot of metal steps and um, then you have a look out at the top. onto the uh, roundabout, traffic roundabout. I love <laughs> a roundabout. I've slept on many a one. Oh, God. <laughs>
2: So we're talking about yeah. Marble Arch Mound Al. This mound is it a large?
1: It's a large body of soil as well as like it's like it's been wedged under a railway bridge. Is that that's basically how it works? Isn't yeah, it? Mm. it says on their website
0: you will not miss the 25 meter mound when you arrive. Um, sadly, they could have added. You won't miss it when you leave, either. <laughs> you, won't,
1: you, won't, you won't miss it when it's been levelled in about 18 yeah. months' time.
2: Well, one woman, I mean, it's really been eviscerated on the socials. One woman said, Marble Arch Mound is the worst thing I've ever done in London.
1: Wow. Really? Well, Stick well, that's, around. Let, yeah. wow. Let's
2: not get onto my list. You might be here till midnight. That could launch no.
1: a few anecdotes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, not on breakfast radio. It could not even go through the 90s yeah. <laughs> yeah, what about the ballet link? <laughs>
2: Is that the worst thing you've ever done in
1: London? No. I think the Brits were in London. (laughs) Um, I mean, what I love about it, there's a a suggestion which I really enjoy, that when it was designed, when they went and had a look at the site and all that, they did it in winter, and so you could see loads of stuff because there was no leaves on the trees. But they've opened it in July and people can't see anything because of leaves.
2: I mean, what is the point... 8, 12, 15. What is the point of the Ascension? Is it... Yeah. ..to... Frank Skinner, that question to you.
1: Well, it's, it's got to be... Observ- I mean, most of the places I've been in the world, um, the big cities have got things that you go up to look at the big city, but you usually go up a lot higher than the <laughs> railway bridge um, of soil, as I think it's now yeah. now. Um, so no you're not you could go and look out of a, a window in a in a but in it a department store. Everything's you obscure, can't do
2: that no, in
0: London. There's there's no tall buildings, there's no <laughs> like towers. No,
1: you, no you have to nothing really. No, it's mainly no. bungalow central London.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um it, I, it's I like the idea of a, a terrible monument. So do I. Um, I, mm-hmm. I hope they... There's, there's some mounds. Now, here's a thing. This is a mystery. I, on the A40, I th- I'm sorry if this is a bit London-centric, but it's a ge- see it as a general thing. Um, on the A40, there are some mounds. They look a bit like um, very neat Anglo-Saxon burial oh, mounds.
2: Oh, I know, the ones you mean, Frank. And someone
1: said to me that they are the landfill which is beneath them you know cause it's never all soil there's always a uh, landfill mm, was yeah. um old Wembley
2: Shut Old up. Wembley oh, stadium that's
1: good in true S- yes yeah, so sort of spirit of 66 in breeze blocks mm. underneath these mounds and whenever we go past uh, my son boss says well, there's the there's the Wembley uh, mounds, oh. and I always think I hope I've told him something that's correct mm. about that, and then he's not, not living a terrible lie because of me. so if anyone knows about it, I'd, lo- I'd love to hear about it. They had to put Old Wembley somewhere, yeah. You can't just, you know, leave the rumble lying about. I'm glad they hadn't done that for the final. Let's put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I might have been walking back with a bit of old Wembley in my temple. (laughs) (laughs) Frank Skinner. I am, by the way, speaking of the great London um, landmarks, I received, mm-hmm. I remember I once received a certificate through the Post, a signed certificate, um, congratulating me on my achievement of climbing to the top of the monument. Oh, you know the you? monument which I think um, marks the Great Fire of London? Mm-hmm. It does, I've been up there. It, I, the Great Fire of London, in which I think, was it eight people died? Oh. Was that? Yeah, it's very slow. The Great Fire of London. People got out their houses and then just watched them slowly burn down. I think. Mm. Anyway, I, I, the thing is, I've never been to the monument. Um, oh, and I was much confused by this, and then I discovered that Lisa Tarbuck had done it as a practical joke. <laughs> that she <laughs> she'd climb the monument and put my name and address. That she's no. my
2: kind of woman.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, as practical <laughs> jokes go, it's so good. It's absolutely brilliant. She once sent me one on hotel-headed paper, <laughs> pretending to be the manager of a hotel, <laughs> thanking me for entertaining the uh, residents <laughs> during a, a fire alarm. <laughs> Again, completely fictional.
2: Oh, I love this woman. Uh, Frank, Josie Thomas funny.
1: has got in touch. Josie Thomas, yeah.
2: Please, in caps, do a Doctor Who podcast, Frank.
1: I have. Um, I, tell I, I imagine I, no one's done one. That's probably a good idea. I I, so. I suggested to the BBC that after every episode, as it goes out, mm. that you then go on BBC iPlayer and I do a sort of a chat with other Doctor Who fans about that particular episode and what we thought about That's it. It's a
2: great idea, and they can keep the they can keep the terrible production. Values.
1: And and they said, "What's this old man doing in my office?" They said that on the phone, <laughs> and I was I was led out protesting. So that was the end of that idea. Oh,
2: dear. darling.
1: <laughs> so I hope I hope the arch um, survives. It, it's but very the arch uh, will survive. I think the mound will get cleared away. It's eventually. very near. Um, they had no choice, <laughs> isn't it? It's just down the road from. They had no choice, oh, yeah. which is the animals at war monument <laughs> she's not allowed to do jokes about because let's face I'd say the UK's two favourite things are animals and the war yeah um, but they had no choice um, oh, okay. I think is an unfortunate because it sort of suggests well then can you be classed as brave? Is that
2: brave? Is yeah. that bravery?
1: Mm. But you know, we won't go into no. that. You know, those, those Alsatians that I don't uh, don't, think did stuff.
2: It's the worst tourist attraction in London.
1: What the mound? <laughs> what is the worst? Do you think it is bad?
2: I, I've got to say, I think uh, Mrs. Two is up there.
1: Oh, okay. Me,
2: basically, because it is about thirty-five quid a ticket, I believe.
1: Mm. I don't know exactly. <laughs> My, I, I don't remember, know exactly, but it's in the regional. You can sit in the um, pilot seat with Chewbacca and look like you're flying the Millennium Falcon. So let's not, you know, fair enough. Yeah, let's not write it off. There are great That's things. That's worth thirty-four in quid but, of anything. Uh, exactly, exactly. <laughs>
2: How matted is the Chewbacca? No, no,
1: no. That he's well groomed. The the Chewbacca. I can't. I couldn't complain.
2: Okay.
1: I've All always right. thought that anyone in. Um, in Madame Tussauds who's wearing a mask like (laughs) Spider-Man I always think if you if you took um, the mask off (laughs) would be um, Dirty Den or something (laughs) underneath I don't think they throw them away any masked ones no not at all I mean there could be some you know severely cancelled people who were there being lauded as superheroes doesn't seem right to me yeah (laughs) we're all different (laughs) <laughs> I did once go occasionally at the Tower of London, very occasionally, they open uh, St. Thomas More's cell where he spent his last days before being beheaded by Henry VIII. And I went there when it was, um, it was quite a big Catholic thing to go to. Yes. And, and oh, we were shown around by a beefeater eater and he mm-hmm. said and then uh, and then in the end yeah, uh, at first he was allowed books and writing paper but then they took those from him as well and he had to, I said um, how long um, was it did he have to live in here without books or writing paper he said I don't know <laughs> I thought oh, okay a guide you're the guide did you forget you were the guide um, it's definitely you the guide there's no one else wearing a red tunic in here and then I realised Michael Jackson was on the tour no he wasn't Um, so look um, we come to the end on that fabulous anecdote of how rubbish beef eaters are Um, we come to that thank you so much for listening to us the car man is here my car is being mended I'm going to go out and meet him very exciting look um, if the good lord spares us and the creeks don't rise we will be back again this time next week Now get out.